Hello, world. Welcome to my ninth episode of my one-person podcast, The Bible Abridged. This episode is brought to you by Dai Tin Barbershop. It's D-A-I-T-I-N. It is a barbershop in Bushwick. They cut my hair. They do great work. They should cut your hair, too. When we left off, Jacob, his two wives, his 12 kids, all his slaves, and his flock of speckled animals were on the way back to Canaan to try and fit back in there with the hope that Harry, whose death threats made Jacob leave in the first place, would have calmed down by now. There's more trigger warnings for rape because it is the Bible. So here we go. Genesis 32. Jacob left the camp where he'd made the peace treaty with Laban. At some point, he ran into a couple of angels and decided to name the area where that happened two camps. He sent some diplomats to Harry and tried to woo him, saying, Jacob, your most humble and loving servant, who totally has nothing up his sleeve, has been staying with your uncle, and now he has a bunch of stuff, and he wants to come back. When the diplomats returned, they said, uh, Harry is coming with a group of 400 men. There's a good chance he might kill you. So Jacob divided his crew into two groups, hoping that Harry would be able, would be only be able to kill half of them, and the other ones could get away. I don't know how incompetent these 400 men were, that apparently they could only attack one group at a time, but anyways. Jacob asked God why the hell he encouraged him to return to his home, and then begged God not to let Harry kill him, or his wives, or his children. Then he got an idea. He'd get a shitload of animals together, and try to bribe Harry with them. He had one of his slaves go in front and told him when Harry shows up for him to tell Harry that this huge flock of hundreds and hundreds of animals was for him. The slave didn't mention that he didn't know who Harry was or what he looked like, but that didn't matter. Well, then he kept sending wave after wave of slaves and animals towards Harry, hoping that by the time he got to Jacob, he'd be pacified and not want to kill him. Then Jacob sent all of his family across the Jabbok River and stayed behind by himself. A man came out of nowhere, and Jacob and him decided to start wrestling for hours and hours on end. A mysterious man, who was actually God, even cheated and touched Jacob's hip, so he'd get all fucked up. But he still couldn't overpower him, because God apparently wasn't that strong. I'm not sure. I'm actually not sure this guy was even God at all, probably just some drifter. But anyways, after wrestling all night, Jacob held God in a way that he couldn't move and demanded that he bless him right then and there. God told Jacob to change his name to Israel, which means he struggles with God, and then just up and disappeared. After stating this, the book keeps calling him Jacob. So Jacob limped away with his fucked up hip that God gave him, and decided that, moving forward, when people eat meat, they shouldn't eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip. Which is exactly where my mind would be in that moment. Genesis 33. Well, Jacob saw his hairy brother Harry coming and decided to divide his family up and have his wives in the back and female slaves in the front just in case Harry decided to get scary then he bowed seven times to Jacob's surprise Harry threw his arms around his neck and kissed him right in the lips and they both cried for an unspecified amount of time then Jacob introduced his children while ignoring his wives and slaves well, Jacob and Harry had a long argument about whether or not Harry should keep all the animals given to him, and then argued about how far they should travel, and then Jacob bought some land for a hundred shekels he called Elehola Israel, which literally translates to God is the God of struggles with God, which is true. God is the God mentioned in the phrase struggles with God. Genesis 34. Well, Dinah, 
Jacob's daughter, wandered off to explore and meet ladies that weren't her dad's sex slaves or wives, and was immediately raped by this warlord Hamor's son, Shechem. After violently raping Dinah, Shechem started talking to her gently and acting like he loved her, and even asked his dad to make it so she'd marry him. When Jacob heard about this, he was so mad that he let his sons finish their day of work. Hamar came out and met with Jacob and actually discussed the idea of Dinah marrying her rapist. All eleven sons came in and decided collectively that this was a bad thing that Shechem had done, raping their sister, and that it made their house, now called Israel, look bad. Hamar tried to convince Jacob, saying, You can settle down with us, here. Your daughter will marry her rapist, who's also my son. Y'all can trade and whatnot around here. At the same time, Shechem was trying to woo Dinah's eleven brothers, offering them whatever they wanted for their sister. Dinah's eleven brothers came up with a plot. They told Shechem and Hamor that in order for this to work, every man in their city had to carve up their dicks, just like they had. Well, every single man in this town decided that was a fair request, and one day, they all carved up their dicks. The funny thing about carving up your dick is it hurts. It takes a while to heal. So while all the men were healing from carved-up dick-related injuries, Simeon and Levi, two of Jacob's sons, just fucking ran through and ruthlessly murdered every fucking man they saw in the city. Then they grabbed Dinah and brutally carved up both Hamor and Shechem. Then they looted the whole city, taking all the wealth, as well as all the women and children as slaves. Jacob actually yelled at them, saying this would cause problems for them in the future, and Simeon and Levi didn't seem to mind. They even said... Should we have treated our sister like a prostitute? Genesis 35. Well, then God said to Jacob, Go back to Bethel and build a temple to God. Jacob said, You mean build a temple for you? Yes, replied God. Go back to Bethel and build a temple to me. And get rid of all those other gods you have. They make me so jealous. Also, change your fucking clothes. You smell terrible. So Jacob gathered all the idols and totems around the way and buried them under an oak tree. Then this lady, Deborah, who's never mentioned before or after, died. And they buried her either under the same oak tree or a different one. Exciting stuff. Well, God came back to Jacob and told him a second time, Your name is Jacob, but I'm going to call you Israel. Yes, God, you mentioned that already, Jacob said. Oh, well, I will give this land to your descendants, and that's that. So make sure that your descendants use this conversation in thousands of years to justify their terrible foreign policy. And then God just plain disappeared. After this, Rachel cranked out one more son and died. Her doula told her, Don't worry, you have another son. That's all that matters, right? Jacob, who was still being called that regardless of the two prior conversations with God, named the son Benjamin and buried Rachel. All of a sudden, Jacob started calling himself Israel. And then Reuben fucked Israel's sex slave, Bilhah. Then he started calling himself Jacob again. Jacob went home to say goodbye to his father, who had been on his deathbed over 20 years ago when he left, he was still alive, and he finally died after seeing his son one last time. Or actually, not seeing him, because he was blind. Genesis 36 is a whole lot of lineage accounts, so let's just try and be brief. Harry's nation he started was called Edom, which means red. He had a bunch of wives, two Hittites, and even one of his cousins. His kids were named Eliphaz, Rule, Taman, Omar, Zepho, Gatam, and Kanaz. They had even more kids with even harder names to pronounce. Then they established a kingdom in the region before any Israelite king took over. There was Bela, then Jobab, then Husham, then Hadad, then Semla, then Shaul, then Balhanan, 
and then a different Hadad. And that is that. So if anyone ever asks you how many people named Hadad ever ruled over Edom, now you know. It's two. Well, that episode was oh so exciting. But now you know the origin of Israel. And of course, check back next week for episode 10, which starts with Joseph and his technicolor dream coat.